0: and he gets his singing from his dad. (laughs) It's the final countdown. (laughs) Now back in the 80s, I had hair down to right here. And if we would have been singing that, I would have been swinging it all around like that. Yeah, Derek knows what I'm talking about, don't you? You'd do the same thing. I can't do that anymore. Well, because of the bone fusions and and the lack of hair. It's pretty short. I've seen we had had some first-time guests here, and I hope you come here ready to hear some good preaching. This will give you a reason to come back next week. Okay, so um, as Christians, we are a peculiar people, and I push those borders really far. So just bear with me, okay? Let's pray. Lord knows I need it. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for this day, and Lord, I thank you for, I, I would say this congregation, but Lord, thank you for this family. Lord, thank you for this family. They come together today to worship you and to lift you up. Lord, everything that comes out of my mouth, Lord, I pray that it would glorify and edify you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Are you guys good at making wise decisions? I see a lot of heads going, no, no. Do you find yourself doing that all the time saying, man, if I would only did this, or I wish I would have done that, or I wish I would have said this, or I wish I would have said that. I looked it up so on the internet, so... Okay, it said, on the average, an adult person makes 35,000 decisions every day. I don't know where they got those numbers. Like, I don't know if that means, like, the decision for me to put my hands down. I guess that's one. <laughs> 35,000, that's a lot. No wonder I'm wore out at the end of the day. <laughs> I can barely count to 35,000. 35,000 decisions a day. Of course, you know, some of them are what you would say more... I don't know what if you'd say more important than others. Um, or at least bigger. Bigger in our minds than others. Because, like, the decision to breathe is pretty important, right? Like, <clears throat> there was one. <laughs> Breathing out, <clears throat> there was two. So, you know, some are hold a little more weight than others. Um, if we could just choose correctly the reason i take my glasses off and on is because i'm choosing this and i'm making the decision to i cannot see with them or without them <laughs> i just had my eyes checked recently and you know the whenever the eye doctor says is it better this way or is it this way this way and this way how about here and here i mean and I have so much respect for eye doctors, but surely they train them in more stuff than that because I could learn that really (laughs) quick. But, so like me making decisions like that, is it better here or is it better there? I must give them the wrong answer. (laughs) And they play this trick on you, like doing it over and over again to see whether you give the same answer. And I must be like really messing with their minds because they can't figure out what to do. And then um, to top it all off, if you notice, as I preach throughout the day, and it'll be fairly short, but my glasses will tilt that way. The reason being is I um, had late. I made a huge mistake. This is another decision that I made wrong. I took them off and I laid them in my seat of my car. Two minutes later, I jumped back in the car And I think, where's my glasses? And then I felt something under my left leg. We'll say leg. And lo and behold, it was them. And that side is not supposed to wiggle. So I'm in a mess. All kinds of decisions. Now here's the thing, though a lot of our decisions are just preference right you know that human beings are the only thing on the planet that get to choose what we want to eat right we can we get to choose i mean if we want to eat if we want to be a vegetarian and i don't know why anybody would but you can be a vegetarian but temptations sometimes Alter our decision making, don't they? Temptations can be very, very powerful. So, I am going to go ahead and do a demonstration today. And I have asked my lovely assistant, Rick Hayes, (laughs) to come and assist me. This was prearranged that he was going to help me, however, he knows not what I'm doing. Anytime that you come in and you see a table with a sheet or a blanket or a drop cloth over it, you always know that usually George is the one preaching. (laughs) And if you would help me to do the reveal. You all right, Rick? I'm good. Okay. So... Me and Rick have both been dieting somewhat. Let me move this back. And, of course, I was doing sort of what the George version of an Atkins diet. And a couple of weeks ago, Miss Jessica had informed me at the coffee shop that if I didn't switch that up, that I would probably damage my kidneys. So I thought, I got to switch it up. Because unlike an appendix, I'm pretty sure that I need the kidneys. So she said to start introducing some healthy balance and some healthy carbs. Yesterday, I introduced 10 ears of corn on the cob into my system. (laughs) And uh, Kevin had, call, had texted me and said, hey, we're picking corn, do you want some? And you would have thought I was on the fire department because it was like I slid down a pole, jumped in my boots, and off I was, and I was there in like five minutes. So yes, a lot of temptation that sweet corn is. I am going to attempt to tempt Rick Hayes this morning. He has been a pretty good fellow as far as following his diet. And I want to place a strong warning to everybody in here. At the end of this, you may feel a very strong urge to eat angel food cake with strawberries on top of it. That's just a warning. There's a reason why they call it angel food. This thing is like a little pillow of heaven. (laughs) It is. Now, not all of you like angel food cake. Okay. But this here was made by Sherry Ellis. Yes. By scratch. She made this. Uh, Her and Mabel started making these a while back. This is... The recipe of Miss Donahoe's angel food cake, and those of you that are familiar with the area know exactly what I'm talking about. These things are legendary. They have brought extremely high prices at cake auctions, and uh, they're unparalleled. As you can see, the best part is this little golden crust on top here. What do you think about that, Rick? It's more than good. See, like anybody can copy a recipe. Like, so they tried to, sh- Mabel tried to show me how to make one, and she gave me the recipe. But it was more than just the recipe, right? Because it was the love that was put into it. And the own, their, her as, an, as a food artist, her own little take on it and everything, all the way down to the way you take it out of the pan so that the crust stays on it. And, um, I mean, it's just got such a great patina on it, doesn't it? That's an antique word that antiques use. But this here, it doesn't get any better than this. Like, I'm going to probably go to bed tonight dreaming about this thing. And I asked Rick, and he didn't know what I was going to do, but I asked him if he liked angel food cake. And he said, yeah. He goes, but I really like it better with strawberries on it. Now then, then you're talking, right? So, look at that. Now that there looks great, but buddy, look at this. Is that very tempting, Rick? There's a fork. But here's the thing, you guys are all sitting in here, so he's pretty accountable to you, isn't he? I mean, if he goes off the rail and he eats this thing, like, everybody's going to know. After service, do you think you could trust him? Okay, let me ask you a different question. After service, do you think you could trust me? Okay, (laughs) well, I see what you think about me now. (laughs) Pretty tempting, isn't it? I told you you're going to dream about this stuff later on. Okay, let's give Rick a hand. I'm going to cover this up because I don't want you concentrating on this. While I'm preaching. Oh, don't worry about this, I'll take care of it later. Okay. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'll find it a good home. So if you would, let's turn to Joshua chapter two, verse eight through twenty one. Joshua two, verse eight through twenty one. Joshua 2, 8 through 21. So let me give you a little bit of background up to this point. Moses had passed away, and Joshua is now left to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Before he goes to take Jericho, he sends two spies in survey things see what the condition is see um, how what's going on and as they get there the king gets word evidently someone put it on Facebook or Instagram that the two spies are there and somebody liked it yada yada it probably took like a few hours back then. Now it would take like two minutes. Found out the, they were there, sent messengers to Rahab's, and Rahab's little house dwelling was in the side of the wall of Jericho. So the messengers went, and they were wanting to know where the two spies were at, and Rahab decides that she is not going to give them up, and she hides them on the rooftop. And she tells the messengers, the king's messengers, that they have taken off, and she tells them, you better go chase them, you will surely overtake them. So they take off, and that takes us up to verse 8. And I'll read here. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. For when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed... When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, this oath... You made us swear, will not be binding on us unless, when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers, and all your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, Their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Everything that's happening from the spies coming to the messengers looking for them, to Rahab hiding them, very shortly they are going to come and try to take down Jericho, and it's all about to come down and happen all at the same time. Rahab was a harlot, um, some versions say a prostitute, and, but she recognized And it says in the scripture, she recognized the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Because of her recognition of the power of God, she starts to make good decisions here. Um, Sometimes with the story of Rahab and the story of Jericho, we don't make a connection but it is the same what you would say true it's it's a true story these are historical true stories and it's all meshed together we just happen to come compartmentalize it but this is all boiling down to what is the final countdown it's all going to happen at once and it all hinges on these things the decision that rahab has made and committed and made an oath to the two spies so that her family, her and her family, will be spared. Now, there's some time between the commitment she made and when this all boils down, whenever they march around Jericho in the prescribed way and the walls fall down. Well, as you read on in Joshua, and I would urge you to read on in Joshua at home, that her and her family are spared. But she could have changed her mind. The scripture says that she tied the scarlet cord, the very cord that she let them down and that saved their lives is the very scarlet cord that is now going to save her life because that is the signal in the window to let them know that the deal is on. How many times do we make decisions or commitments and oaths, but we change our mind due to temptation, due to this or that? I mean, you can imagine the things that may have been going through her mind afterwards. You know, she is just now stating that they had heard all these great things that were happening for the Israelites and how God was delivering them through all these different battles and everything, she's just now recognizing that. So she could have been, had a lot of things thrown at her. Even at the last minute, she could have pulled the scarlet cord up and said, deal's off. That would have been a really bad decision, wouldn't it? Because it wouldn't have had a good ending. Will she keep the commitments that she made? Will she continue to have a reverential fear and respect for God and his power? Will she change her mind? Will we keep our commitments that we have made with God? Will we give in to temptations that may cause us to make bad decisions? I hope and pray that we would not. We need to recognize that God is God in heaven above, and on earth below, and that he has the final say in things. We have to choose to follow him, and that there will help us to make good decisions. You know, keeping ourselves accountable to each other, just like Rick was accountable to you guys when I tried to tempt him with the cake, keeping ourselves accountable to each other is a great thing, isn't it? We need to do what Rahab did and keep our commitments and oaths and realize who God is. He can give us the strength to do all things, even resist temptations, temptations to make bad decisions. The true story of the two spies in Rahab, they were very true. And that story is still going on because, see, it actually started in Genesis and it ends in Revelations, but we're in the middle of it right now. We have, as a church, we have a story that actually started many, many years ago, and we're in the middle of it right now. I want to be here to finish the story, and I want you to, too. If the musicians would go ahead and come. I mentioned that the scarlet cord that was used to save the lives of the two spies was the very cord that was the signal to save Rahab and her family's life. The very blood that Jesus shed on the cross is the same blood that covers our sins and washes us clean. We need to choose Jesus in our lives. If you would, I would like everybody to bow their heads, please. I talked about making decisions today. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. I would not want you to leave here saying, I wished I would have had the opportunity to do that. I won't embarrass you because I know this is such a big crowd. But if you've never given your life to Christ, if you would, just slip your hand up real quick. Real quick. Thank you. I'm gonna pray a prayer of salvation. If you would, let's all pray it together, okay? And that one that had slipped their hand up as well. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I give my life to you. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for giving your life. I commit my life to you. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Please save me. And be the Lord of my life. that one that raised their hand and anybody else, if you prayed that and you meant it in your heart, then you are now a part of the kingdom of God. I said I wouldn't embarrass you and I sure won't, but you need to tell somebody that you gave your life to Jesus today. Let's give them a hand. As the musicians play, if you would please stand. If you have any other prayer needs in your life, please come up to the altar. There'll be plenty of people to come and pray for you. If you need healing in your body or you have someone in your family or friends that need healing, please come up and stand in and we'll pray for you as they play.